I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology, and this week we're chatting to Sebastian Herkner, industrial designer, who's joining us on the phone from his studio in Offenbach, Germany. So thanks for joining us on the podcast, Sebastian. It's great to be chatting again. It's my pleasure. I think uh, if my memory serves me correctly, we maybe first met at a dinner at Design Shanghai, maybe 2015. Uh, Although I think the last time we spoke was the middle of last year for an interview for Denfair here in Australia. And I think at that time we were all thinking or at least hoping that the pandemic would be past tense by now. So I wanted to start off with, you know, probably a very cliched, uh, over-asked question, but how, how has the last 18 months been for you? Yeah, of course, for, for me and my team and also my, my private life, it was a completely big uh, change because before I was traveling like three, four times a week and then suddenly we had the lockdown and also I had to stay at home for two months in my team. So working with the team and with the design studio was completely different, just uh, yeah, remote or online. So they all took their computers home. So it was completely different because for me, design is really about communication. It's about the senses to have all the materials around the books, the fabrics, the workshop. And suddenly we all stayed at home and it was impossible to, to really see a workshop or to meet people. So this mm. was a big, big change. And of course, uh, as, at the beginning, as a yeah, running a design studio uh, with six employees, I was quite nervous because I had no idea uh, what the future will bring, how will be the business, also regarding the royalties. But at the end, it worked really well, you know, because when people stay at home and there's a crisis, they invest in their home, in the, in the, yeah, in the interior, in the garden and everything so mm. it, it it was quite quite well for me and for the companies I work with but at the beginning yes. of course I was nervous because it was something completely new. Mm. Well that's really good to hear. Um, have you found that new projects that you're collaborating with say on uh, brands projects or products that you're designing have you been able to keep those going because as you just alluded to you know maybe the factories or the mm. workshops have either closed down or you you know probably haven't been able to visit there how have you found that part of your process yeah actually we started also completely new collaborations with clients we never met before so we started on zoom calls normally i go there mm. to see there to see the museum the archive to meet them in person but now i had to meet them on a Zoom call and uh, we started two, three projects like this, which went very well, but we also finished some. So it was a lot of chatting with the computer, so with the, yeah, with the Zoom call and all they mm. sent us samples or pictures so we did video calls to see with the mobile phone into the, the workshop, let's say. And we did also presentations, you know, we did videos, we did uh, presentations to their clients via calls. And uh, it worked actually quite well. So before, mm. 
COVID, I flew to Italy to, to discuss a small detail, like a screw or something like this. But now we did it on a on a call, which worked perfectly. So I think for me in the future, it's also something I don't have to fly all the time around the globe just for small discussions or details. This you can perfectly do digitally. I think mm. it's more than for first meetings or really prototype meetings or the final presentations, of course, which makes sense mm. really to do it uh, together. Absolutely. In person, well, you know. Yeah, it's very interesting to hear you say that. Um, I, I feel like there has been a number of people this year that have um, found that perhaps Zoom has been a, an adequate replacement considering the circumstances, but I, th I think um, many people... And I never quite... heard of it before, you know. I no. never heard of it before. <laughs> None and of us suddenly had. <laughs> it was uh, uh, an amazing member of the team. <laughs> you know, but That's but it was possible it. with the clients, uh, with my team, it, it couldn't work with Zoom because we really work so close together. We share the tables, we share the space, we really need to discuss uh, products. And I have to run around the computers to discuss with each member of my team, each designer, the single project. So this was impossible on a digital way. So mm. we really do prototypes, we have the 3D printers, we need all those uh, technologies, but also crafts on the other side to, to get a product done step by step. And this was really missing, you know. Also, mm. I was so happy uh, this year to go to Copenhagen Fair and also to Salone in, in Milan, just to meet friends again, see some journalists, see also uh, dealers from US or Morocco. And this was amazing really to see again and to start again, it was a positive vibe. So let's hope really the best for next year. Yeah, absolutely. That's so great to hear. And I'm, I'm so jealous. I've, this is the longest I've been, uh, staying put in one place for a really long time and obviously didn't make it to Milan. So yeah, I completely can understand for us now in Europe, it's possible to, to fly to Copenhagen, Milan and some other destinations, which is really a huge advantage mm. and, uh, imagine yeah 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 it's it's a quite positive yeah sign at the moment so i really That's hope to, to get back not to normal maybe but get back to meet people and for presentations next year mm. i think it changed also a lot the whole lockdown with my behavior also private life you know before i was just in planes came home late at 10 o'clock then we ordered something to eat and <laughs> then we watched maybe another move and then i went uh, woke up next morning at six to take the next plane and then suddenly with oh, lockdown wow. i stayed with my husband together 24 hours and it was perfect and uh, we went to oh, the local to market hear. we went to the kitchen we cooked some things we invited a small group of people uh, for barbecue on our roof terrace so it was a a really wonderful work-life balance on the other side and I really appreciate it. Mm, that's good to hear. I think a few marriages ended during lockdown, so I'm glad that you were uh, enjoying the extra No, I still together. have the ring on my finger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> um, so obviously travel is incredibly important in your industry, as you've said, to meet clients and to look at prototypes, but I imagine that there is also some inspiration that comes from that. And I wonder where you were finding that in the absence of travel, or was it the local market instead that you were finding inspiration? 
Yeah, well, I, I was traveling. I started my studio in 2006, so I was traveling already a lot for the last years. And happy me, I took, first of all, a lot of pictures. So they are all on my phone. And then I remembered, oh, of course, a lot of scenarios and details from my last journey. So I could remember them. So it was more than my, yeah, my inner library to find resources or oh, inspirations. And on the other hand, of course, books, a lot of books and discussions with clients. So during the lockdown and the last year, I was a lot at the phone, just chatting with clients, with journalists, with friends to discuss the whole situations, how they stay at the moment in Melbourne or in Tokyo or in Colombia and how the situation is. And then, of course, a lot of clients came up with briefing. How will the office at home look like, the home office, the workstation at home? So these have been some topics, but we discussed very close together about private things, but also business aspects. And this was very good. So it was a lot of projects started just by, by uh, dialogues on mm. the phone. That's really interesting. And it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about perhaps home office or reimagining the office. Uh, I think that's seen exactly. maybe one of the biggest shifts. Do you think we'll be seeing, uh, you know, a flood of new products in the market catering to more flexible spaces? Is that something that you're working on and what you might imagine happening? A lot of clients asked me for this to think about a home working station, but I, I was not so much interested in that briefing because first of all, it's now because of the situation and I don't want to see myself just staying at home five days for work. <laughs> I think it will be also not the future. Maybe some people will stay two days at home and go three days to the office because we want to see people. We want to be outside. We want to eat outside in a restaurant for lunch, then going back to the office. If you just stay at home, it's boring. I think it doesn't mm. make sense. Then we are too much locked. Then we are just in a digital world at home. And I think we are... We are humans, we want to be outside, we want to smell the spring, we want to hear the birds, we want to see people, we want to have, grab a coffee somewhere. And I think that's so important. And I don't see myself or most of the other people just staying at home. I think this will bring other yeah, problems to our society and to our life. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think if anything, for me personally, I thought I was an introvert before this, but it's certainly given me a whole new level of appreciation for having other humans around and not being on your own. And that we really had a privileged life, you know. I, I had a super privileged life because I was traveling like crazy. When I was young with, with my parents, we did camping around Europe. So it was really, yeah, more or less just Western Europe, Northern Europe. And then suddenly with the design business, I started to fly to first to Tokyo or to Taipei or yeah, to completely new destinations with new, with the new power of colors and detailing and culture, people and food. And this is a huge source of inspiration. This is what I am about and my design language and philosophy. So I'm, mm. I'm really looking forward to, to travel again, to meet people, to meet friends, to meet, yeah, just craftsmen, I can uh, look at it to, to find new ways of production, detailing. And I think this is really about my work. And it was a privilege that I had to travel so, so much over the last years. Mm. 
I certainly agree with that as well. Uh, I actually want to talk to you about Germany because you're based in Offenbach, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, yes. not Berlin Perfect. and not Frankfurt or any of the other sort of bigger cities that we may be more um, aware of. Um, you know, it has, your country has such a long and rich design history and a history of engineering and, you know, there is a certain mm. association that is attached to made in Germany or designed in Germany. And I wonder if you identify with being a German designer, is that part of your identity or does that not necessarily come into your process and perhaps design identity? I think that's not really important for myself. Of course, I grew up in Germany. I'm educated at the German University in Offenbach, where I'm still living. And, But if I'm honest and look back to the history of my grandparents, they have been a German minority in the former part of the uh, yeah, Czech Republic. And they emigrated after the Second World War. So I'm also not really German-German, maybe. And I don't care about and we are the diversity is growing. We are international country, uh, especially also my town here, Offenbach, which has 160,000 people. It has people from all over the world. I would say 60% are foreigners. or have a different background and are not German. And I don't care. This is a big advantage for the city because I have so many international restaurants here and shops. And this I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. And then next door, of course, is Frankfurt. There's just the river uh, dividing those cities. And um, no, I, I, I don't see myself as a German designer because I, I have all my inspiration from all over the world. And I work with international companies. And uh, I don't know if it's still necessary to be working like a German or French or Italian or Swedish designer. I don't know. I think we all have the same values and the same needs. And I also discover this always when I go to Zimbabwe or to Colombia, the young generation, they, they are absolutely the same like like you can find in, in Europe or Asia. We all have the same needs. Of course, mm -hmm. there are some different backgrounds, which are very important and maybe different behaviors sometimes. And I really appreciate that there is something which is local even if it's just a local beer, because the high streets in the city, it's becoming more and more the same. So this is really a, a huge problem. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, it's always interesting, of course, to find something very special, local, you can just find in a certain place. And I think this we need to, to support. Like in my town here, Offenbach, it was the German city of leather productions for, for wallets and bags and belts, things like this. Like Morblanc was here. And they, all the leather production disappeared like 15 years ago, moving mm. to other countries where the production might be cheaper. So the mm. city somehow has lost its identity and all the people lost the fact that, the, that there's a material or production or craft which connected all the families because there was always someone working in the leather industry, doing buckles, doing packaging, doing shipping, whatever, mm. uh, on the fair or in the museum. And this is completely gone since 15 years and now the city starts to find its new identity and if you think about areas in the world or other cities they're always connected to something to the car industry to glass making like in venice mm. and so on and i think this is important we really need to take care of that we don't lose this 
specialists or these identities for for cities and this is a kind of other uh, social sustainability i really like to work with mm, it's so interesting and very sad to hear that that's been lost um which kind of brings me to my next question. You have collaborated and partnered with a number of brands uh, since you founded mm -hmm. your studio, who the studios or the, the brands that you work with are located across the world. And I wondered whether their location or the history of the brand um, changes how you approach each of those new collaborations. Are the questions that you're asking at the beginning the very same of each of those partners? You're well, at the beginning of my career, I had to knock doors to get in contact with brands. Nowadays, they send me email or call me or write me on Instagram, whatever. And now I can be very picky and a real selective and I can really decide which, which brand I can work with because for me, it's very important that it fits, the, that we have the same vision, we have a good relationship and I can really trust in the company. And um, for me, it's important also, where's the production of the company? Is it, is it a company run by a family or is it a company which is running by an investor, which I never meet? Or with what kind of materials do they use? So there are a lot of questions I ask at the beginning. So I need to visit the, the CEO or the artistic director, but I want to see also the workshop looking behind the scene to see and meet the craftsman. And uh, so this is always a starting point. And then it's by my own intuition and my feeling if I can work with the company or not. So there are many companies that asked an established designer, can you design something new for us? And at the end, they just want something for marketing reasons to show something new on the fair. But they have a lot of best-selling products from the last decades, and they're happy already with them. So for me, mm -hmm. it's very important that you treat each other with respect on all levels that you really build up a strong relationship, that you really have the idea to change something, to, uh, to have an innovative, interesting, unique product at the end to present. So this is about my first yeah, questions I give to the, to the company or I question myself if, if I can work with them and I share also my ideas or with my team and then we decide together if we would like to work with the brand. So it's not really about to have a well-known, established, big company with a huge turnover. I also work with small brands like Amos, which are producing in Colombia, and then we grow together because we both believe in this social um, aspect in this collaboration in Colombia. And uh, I really need to feel well and comfortable. And then at the end, really have a good, successful product. Mm. Well, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I actually wanted to talk about two specific examples. One is Whitman, which is uh, a centuries old mm -hmm. brand and has, as you said, yes. quite a considerable back catalogue of iconic products. Um, and then someone like Stella Works, who are not European, mm -hmm. they're in China and they're relatively new. Can you maybe tell us yes. a bit about how those experiences may have been similar or differed working with two different brands like that? Yeah, of course they are different because you mentioned it right that Wittmann is more than 100 years old. Uh, very crafty, very educated, very sophisticated, located outside of Vienna in Austria. And they do the upholstery incredibly the same way like decades ago with pocket springs. 
So it's a completely different way. They really believe in sustainability and quality. So when I went there the first time to the workshop, there was a really old sofa and I asked, what is it? Is a vintage piece from your archive? No, 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 it's a sofa. An old lady sent to us, if you can upholster it now in a flashy pink velvet, because you can't see the flower fabric anymore. And this is a service companies can give to their clients if they really produce in-house and they believe, okay, our quality is that high that you can just change the upholstery, the fabric, the cover, so to change the character of the piece. And I think that's a very important aspect we need to consider more in our works, um, that it's really about, uh, yeah, yeah, the best way of sustainability is quality. Mm. And this I really admire with Wittmann, and we launched the first huge collection already yeah, three, four years ago, and now we are working on a new sofa. Uh, for next um, January fair at IMM in Cologne. And it's a really nice collaboration with them, with the heritage, with the huge expertise and experience in crafting high quality uh, yeah, products. The other one, Stellar Works, it's, it's of course a new one. I know Linden and uh, Rosanna from there and who already for a couple of years and they do art direction for them and they asked me together with the CEO of Stellarworks if I would like to collaborate with them. And uh, we did, and actually during lockdown, we presented uh, the host wardrobe, uh, a wardrobe with wheels, very uh, a spontaneous product, which is for hotel rooms. So you don't have a traditional cabinet or closet anymore. So you have something open, you can put your luggage on the base and then you can hang your shirts and you have shelves and a small tray for your watch. So it's something like a, a service person who really serves you during your stay to feel comfortable in your hotel room. So a completely different philosophy and they are quite strong in in the contract hospitality business. So it was a perfect uh, brief for, for me. And I went there uh, yeah, I think it was yeah the, the autumn before the lockdown, so it was 19, to the production outside of um, Shanghai. And it was amazing to, to see because it was my first uh, workshop um, I've seen in, in China. And it was like, you can compare it with a European one. So they have the strong same values and quality um, levels like here and it's i would say, and they are already starting to be very successful in europe and also in the in the states and i can see their products really a lot in in restaurants here already and i really like what they do and i think they are really one of the chinese brands young chinese brands uh, which are really competing with with the old traditional european ones but with their mm. own identity which is very important mm. I agree. I think they're also playing a really important part in changing people's perceptions about what made in China means, which is definitely really working with Chinese designers, but also with international designers on their own uh, design language, with their mm. own strong impact to the design world, with different materials, different detailing. And I think that's, that's very interesting. And this is a good example, how East and West cultures, but all the, also the design perspective is uh, yeah, moving together to create mm. a new um, yeah, attitude. Absolutely. 
And you've referenced sustainability a couple of times in our conversation, environmental sustainability mm-hmm. and social sustainability. I wonder if you have a particular philosophy around how you balance commercial success with your ideologies or you know, morality or any other kind of drive to be responsible towards the environment or mm-hmm. the human population. Is there a hard and fast rule that you work by or how, how does that sort of come about? Yeah, well, from the, beginning of, from the beginning of my, my studio, I founded 2006, I was interested in working with craftsmen on products which are very, which has a very high level. So I always say I want my products to become companions for life. So I don't want to have trendy products that people throw away after two seasons, two years, whatever. There's too much rubbish already and we, we don't respect the resources of the world in the right way. So really need to take care. And the biggest or the best sustainability is if we cherish products. So really respect them, we cherish, we afford them because we really want them, we want to live with them together. And if you don't like maybe anymore, then we can reuse them. Or maybe we give it to someone else without any problem because we feel ashamed because it's uh, something with a sh- shitty quality, whatever. So if we buy and really um, invest in good design, we, we want to use it for a long time or we don't see any problem to sell it on eBay or give it to, to a good friend. And I think that's a very important uh, aspect that we see design as an investment. So furniture as mm. an investment, like an artwork, like an apartment, like something else, like a watch, maybe. Mm. Uh, so this we need to change in our mind that we don't or we can't buy products like crazy anymore in the future, like we did over the last centuries. And uh, Germany or the Germans are really like this. They don't want to spend a lot of money for furnitures or a mattress, for example, you find this cheap mattresses in every city and there's always a discount and then they buy it and then after two years they they change it because the quality is not good and at the end Mm -hmm. we stay eight hours or seven hours every day night on the mattress but we don't pay that much money for it because i don't know we don't see the sense of a mattress but we pay a lot of money for cars that's quite ridiculous and so we need to change our behavior. We need to talk about it as a designer, but also as a producer and a journalist. So that's very important. And uh, yeah, I think this, this needs to be changed, but we need to talk about it. And it's something we all need to, to change. So, um, and then, of course, we need to think about where's the material coming from. I have another Chinese client and we we have been working on a marble table and he said okay let's source the marble from italy and i said no there there might be also marble in china don't worry and he he went to wechat to an assistant and the assistant told him yeah we have this 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 supplier and then at the end they sourced the marble from china because for me it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to buy the marble in china uh, to in italy sorry to send it to china to work on it and then to sell it back to europe mm. So yeah. we really need to think about where are the resources coming from? Where's the production? How can we ship it? Is it possible to repair, to recycle? So there are so many aspects we need to think about in the whole, in the design development, in the whole process, in the 
communication also that people also know of course if you have a product and after five years there's something broken you can repair it i think that's also important to to communicate because then normally people just throw it away to buy another one because it's a cheap product maybe mm. well that leads me nicely to my next question which you may have partly answered but i'm going to ask you anyway uh, if you could design the future what would it look like and how would it differ from our current reality? You mean the future in general? Yeah, or even one particular part of it. If there's a chain in the supply sort of chain, one link in that that you... I think we all... I think what I mentioned just before, it's, we need to rethink a lot. We need to be more respectful to each other, but also to the materials to the craftsmen to the whole production of products and how we consume products you know we there's the fact that we can shop online and we get the product the next day and we don't see how much work is in the product how long does it take to produce i did this collection for dedon the embrace and to just to do the chair the the wicker work, the weaving of the of the shell, seating shell, it takes two, three, four days to produce it. But people always think, oh, it's done by Robert or printed or whatever. But there's real crafts, craftsmanship behind. And I think this is so important to tell that it takes four days and that the people understand the value of the product, the storytelling mm -hmm. behind. And um, I think this we really need to communicate stronger than to to buy less but better, to produce less but better. So, of course, we need to question if does it need a Salone del Mobile every year or would it be also fine to have it every second year, which will change, would change a lot, I would say, mm. in a good way also, less products, but also a stronger appearance of the novelties over two years in the medias, in the stores and so on. So at mm. the end, it's also more successful, I think, for the brand, for the dealer and also for the designer, because there are less products, but the products which are new are longer in the market. Yes, but this we, we need to discuss all together and need mm. to believe all together in this changes. And that's the most important thing to get all the people in the same boat to discuss these points. Mm. Absolutely. That's definitely leaves us with something to think about. As much as I'm looking forward to Milan next year, you, you, you're probably right. I get the feeling that there was already a sentiment before COVID hit that perhaps it was just too much, you know. The, um, it was too much. Love... And at the beginning, exactly at the beginning, Salone del Mobile was a furniture and lighting show. But now mm -hmm. there's also Fiore Salone, the one in the city, which is absolutely fine with the beautiful showrooms. But more and more brands, which are not really connected to the furniture world, like Nike and Audi and Pepsi and Coke and whatever, they are also participating because they mm -hmm. know Salone del Mobile is the strongest design show and fair in the world. So that's why a lot of others want to participate. And this makes, I think, for me, Milan as a, as a whole city during that show, uh, yeah, uh, too big and too busy and too hectic. And uh, I think we need to concentrate more, again, on the focus of 
well-crafted design products, furnitures, lightings, kitchens, bathrooms. But it's not a car show or it's not, uh, yeah, about mm. other consumer electronics. Mm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Um, so my final question for you is, uh, you have already designed, you know, such a wide range of typologies of products, lighting, furniture. And I wondered if there was something that you haven't produced or designed yet that you would really like to, is there a dream product or a dream project that you would like to do? Oh, there's, there's actually, I think a lot and, um, I'm always curious about new briefings. So we just did sunglasses or tiles. We did also a little bit interiors now over the last two, three years, like a restaurant. And this is always a new perspective. It's a challenge and it's refreshing. And I really like those new topics and typologies. And so I'm really curious if we can do maybe a little bit more interiors like a hotel or a restaurant, another mm. one which would be amazing. Um, but I'm completely open-minded and I, I'm, I'm so happy that we had already over the last year so many great collaborations and we continue with our producers and friends on new things for the next years. And I think that's already really amazing. Mm. Well, I would love to see a space like a hotel or a restaurant that you design, um, like a totally immersive yeah, environment. That would be really great to see. I hope that comes about sometime soon. <laughs> yes, and then next year we we take part at the Homo Faber exhibition in Venice, which is really one of the highlights. We have been working now for more than two years. So I'm one of the six curators for that show, and Homo Faber takes place in Venice, and it's dedicated to crafts, to haute couture crafts, let's say. And that something will happen, uh, I think it's two weeks before Salone del Mobile, and uh, this is something very special because it's really showing crafts which are not that usual and you see every day. So it's really about making lace out of a wooden piece or marquetry or store marquetry uh, and glass uh, works in a different way. Uh, and this is, I'm really looking forward and this is something positive really I see for next year to participate and go there. Mm. Absolutely. That sounds really exciting. I hope that uh, I get a chance to see that. Yeah, it's running one month. So if you go to Salona, you can catch a train to go to Venice to see. Ah, okay. Well, that's good to know. You all heard it here. Maybe not first, but uh, <laughs> we'll be training from Milan to Venice. That sounds great. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sebastian. It's been really great chatting to you. I appreciate your time. I know it took a little while to organize the call, but um, it's much appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. You too. You too.